0: And, like, see it Do we really yeah. know what happened? We're both into, like, true crimes. Yeah, that's gonna be our theme song. It's it'll just be just a matter. silent recording of me going...
1: Ooh, and it'll be flattened out of tune every time.
0: That's good. This is mystery murder. Hey, murder. Murder.
1: hey y'all. What's up? <laughs> why did you just... <laughs> tell me why you decided to enter our podcast with a, um... What's up?
0: Because that's how I greet people. Isn't that... However everyone talks. No. Ever since Scary Movie came out? No.
1: I know I have. Oh, (laughs) yeah! With that! With that! (laughs) With that! That was... I remember that that part.
0: That movie was not good.
1: Scary Movie 3?
0: No, just Scary Movie.
1: Scary Movie 3 was the best one.
0: I did not get that far. Well... In the Scary Movie franchise (laughs) tree. Well, we're gonna watch it. We're gonna watch it. Great.
1: Because Anna Faris is in it. Affairs? Ah! <laughs> Shut
0: up. <laughs> no, okay.
1: So, what are we talking about today? What episode is this for?
0: This is episode four of Mystery Murdery Thingy. Welcome. I'm Mario. My
1: name is Chloe. And basically, we talk about things that are unsolved mysterious mysterious it could be mysterious phenomena, maybe murders right legends
0: weird sounds just weird stuff the weirdest
1: weird stuff that's going around we're on itunes and we are on itunes please (sighs) subscribe please rate that'd be so cool
0: and leave us a note
1: leave us a note let
0: us know if you think we're doing great
1: If you think we're doing bad,
0: (laughs) oh yeah, that too. (laughs) You're
1: allowed. You're allowed to express your opinion in America.
0: Any opinion you can
1: do. You can say whatever you want.
0: That's what we love about America. And
1: just make sure it's constructive.
0: We don't give a shit.
1: That's what I love about America. Give a. I don't fuck with you.
0: So last time, little stupid
1: ass bitch, I'm fucking with you. Okay.
0: Okay. (laughs) Settle, settle down there, boy. So, last time I made a couple of uh, pretty big blunders. Oh, <laughs> so yes, We're gonna I, I are I wanted to do corrections at the beginning. So, um, Joseph Smith is the founder of Mormonism, or Jesus Christ, Latter-day Saints, whatever. Not John Smith. Joseph Smith,
1: I, American Moses.
0: Right. So, I kept saying John Smith, which is not correct. Uh, I also kept saying that uh, Melanesia, etc., were um, west of Australia, which is the opposite of correct. <laughs> they are definitely east of Australia. So, in case you were wondering about that stuff. Okay, that was my corrections. And Chloe was perfect, as far as we can remember. <laughs> so, let us know.
1: We're just going to leave it at that.
0: Yes, Chloe's always perfect. Up. Yes. um So who should go first this week? I'm talking about North Korean ghost ships.
1: Okay. Kind of so, creepy,
0: but not murdery. So
1: that's a mystery thingy. Yeah,
0: mystery thingy.
1: I'm also doing a mystery thingy.
0: Okay. Well, I'll just go first.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we're doing a face off? I don't know. Okay. Oh, okay. I you go, go first. I have no
0: idea what you're doing.
1: You go, should we do rock, paper, scissors? No. I'll,
0: no, you I'll, go first. I'll just, I'll just go first. Okay.
1: So, tell us what you're talking about
0: again. I am talking about North Korean ghost ships. So, wow. for at least since 2011, because that's as far back as the Japanese. Wait, boots. I'm sorry
1: to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt. But I just want to talk about how my boss, back when I worked at the restaurant. Uh huh. One time he tried to like, convince me that North Korea had submarines off the coast of Florida and off the coast of California, and he was, like, really serious.
0: Wow. I, so he was kind of a conspiracy theorist?
1: <laughs> I was just, like, nodding and smiling. Yes. And I was like, oh, I just...
0: <sighs> of course they do.
1: Okay, sorry, keep going. That just reminded me of that.
0: There, are, people do find Russian submarines in weird places. Well,
1: that makes sense. That's for today. Sure. Today, Twitter is going to tell its users if right. they were um, interacting interacting with, with a Russian bot, right? Right of the Kremlin.
0: I'm glad they're doing something. Right. You know, I mean. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Yeah. No, that's good. Okay. So North Korean ghost ships. Yeah. Um, so, like I said, since 2011, the Japanese Coast Guard has been documenting this weird occurrence that that keeps happening apparently dozens of them are found along the Japanese shore uh, every year but it, it depends a lot on the year and we'll, we'll kind of get into that list of it in a little bit they think that so that the mystery of it is you know what happened to these people you know why do they keep all these North Koreans keep dying out in the high seas you know in the sea of uh, I think it's the Sea of Japan between Korea and, and Japan. Is it because they are, like, defectors from North Korea and they're, like, trying to get away? It, or is it just that they're, like, fishermen who get lost at sea? It's It's, like, really not entirely clear. But, you know, fishing is, like, a really dangerous enterprise. You know, if you've ever seen, like what's what's that show they have like Alaskan salmon fishermen
1: shrimp I don't know crazy it's like really intense
0: I yeah, i I don't understand it, but apparently if you do it, you can work for like three months out of the year now you might die is <laughs> not a not a you know terrible chance you're gonna be deceased afterwards, but your family would probably get a pretty good payout, so that's pretty cool. I don't think that's how it works in North Korea. From what I was reading, it sounds like pretty much if they're kind of, like, low on fishermen and, like, low on money and whatever, uh, Kim Jong-un just basically tells, like, army people, like, you're going to go out and fish. But it's like these... And I I watched a video from uh, CNN. These really rickety old wooden boats that, like, do not look seaworthy and are not modern in anyway like i don't think they even have like power motors or anything so this is probably part of why that's happening right old boats probably not very much food on the boats um these tend to happen more in the winter time so apparently there's like seasonal winds that are blowing from north korea to um japan so just to kind of get into, the, like, the numbers, because I think that's kind of, like, the one of the weirdest parts of it is just how many of these there are. There's a lot? There are a lot.
1: That's so So, bizarre.
0: like I said, it, we only, or the Japanese Coast Guard only started keeping track in 2011. So in 2011, there were 57, and then over the next several years, there were 47, 80, 65, 34, 24 in 2016, but then 104 in 2017. So it it just like went up basically like four and a half times from 2016 to 2017. Well. Wow. <laughs> and it's really not clear why. I mean, I guess you could say and some people have said like, you know, more sanctions and they're like, you know, kind of more cash strapped at that point, but I I don't know. I'm not I'm not entirely sure just cuz I, I don't know enough about the situation. I'm not sure anyone really knows about it you know enough about the situation because North Korea is just so mysterious in and of itself like very few westerners go there we we really have very little idea of how the government works or like how people live but not well we know that they're not they're not they're not living well because their government is uh, terrible
1: so was the interview accurate
0: there wasn't an wait. Are oh, there, the interview.
1: Are there murals of like <laughs> grocery stores but you go to it and it's like fake? Remember that part?
0: I do. I do remember that part from you the, the, movie the interview. Do you think that's real? Um, no. I don't think that's yeah, real. Yeah, I was going to say that no, makes sense. I don't I don't think so. So anyway, on these boats, um a lot of the bodies that are found are like skeletal. Ew. Yeah, like desiccated just a skeleton or sometimes like just a skull.
1: Ew. Like
0: um one of the ones that came on uh that, that came up to the shore last year um had thirty one bodies, including eight skeletons in one boat. So and they said like like clear- dead bodies? Yeah. Like, clearly, they've been out there for, like, months and months and months, too. Like, that's the other thing, is, like, some of these have been... These people have been dead for, like, six, seven months by the time they drift ashore onto the Japanese coast. And part of the reason why they know that they're from North Korea is the, like, lettering on the sides of the boats. Some of them have, like, North Korean military markings on the sides of the boats. So it's part of how they they think that, like, it's basically soldiers who are getting, like, pushed into doing this. Which, to me, suggests probably a lot of these people, and again, I'm, like, totally extrapolating here, but probably don't know how to fish. They probably don't know how to sail. Like, they're probably just getting, like, pushed out there and saying, like, go find the fish. But they don't know what they're doing. And they don't have much food or experience or anything, so they just end up dying on the high seas and drifting over to the coast of Japan and creeping the Japanese people out (laughs) very severely. Um, They've also found some, like, North Korean cigarettes and life jackets on the ships. And um, on another one that um, drifted over on January 16th of 2018... So, like, really, really recently. Like, one of them, like, just happened. You
1: mean four days ago? Like,
0: four days ago. Oh,
1: my God! Like, literally
0: four days ago, another one washed up onto central Japan. And there were eight um, men on there, deceased, wearing badges uh, that had Kim Il-sung, who was the founder of the, you know, the current North Korean regime back in whatever it was, the 40s or 50s or whatever it was. And his son, Kim Jong-il, who's the father of the current leader, Kim Kim Jong-un. So basically, apparently everyone in North Korea has has to wear these badges that, like, have the pictures of the leaders on them to show their, like, loyalty. And it's part of, like, the cult of personality, you know, around the Kims. Um, And I think it's not entirely a coincidence that Japan started keeping track of this in 2011. And Kim Jong Un also took over in 2011, so I'm not. I mean, from what I was reading, this had was happening beforehand, but I think maybe it kind of like accelerated. It
1: became noticeable enough that they were like, "We should count this."
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then, like I said, last year there were like over a hundred of these. That's not over a hundred bodies. That's over a hundred boats. I mean, just imagine if you like say you're living on like the east coast, right? You're like living near Boston Harbor and just like every like couple of weeks, a couple of boats, three boats, just like with dead bodies keep, I mean what? I can't imagine like what the psychological impact of those Japanese people is like that they have to keep reliving this ex- weird experience of going up to a ghost ship and like if there are real ghosts i mean you got to imagine that that now if there are real ghosts i think one of the ways that they mitigate that is they apparently all the bodies they like cremate them they give them like a proper like buddhist burial because i guess that's the main religion in that where they came drifting to I, i guess i don't really know
1: okay
0: so i think that helps to put the souls to rest I'm not being patronizing. No no no, really, no, 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 no. Sorry, you're just like looking at me. Like I'm... Well, no, no, no. <laughs> I,
1: I just, you said if, and I like thoroughly believe that there are
0: ghosts. No doubt about. I know it. that. That's why you gave me that look. <laughs> I can <could> tell. <laughs> when speaking of that, I want at some point I want my parents to record their ghost story. Yes. So hopefully we'll get we'll have that in a future episode.
1: Everybody has a ghost story.
0: Right. Exactly. So these probably were not defectors, so it's like a possibility, and there have been a few times where, like, people trying to defect um, from North Korea to South Korea by boat have, like, drifted until they, like, got to Japan, because they were just, like, totally off, right? Um, So that has happened several times throughout the past few decades, but it's pretty rare So, um, specifically, this guy named John Nielsen Wright at uh, Chatham House, which is like a think tank in London, um, thinks that they are not defectors, just basically because it's so much easier to get to South Korea. Although, I don't know if you heard about that, oh my god, it was crazy, that North Korean defector who recently ran across the the DMZ, the demilitarized zone between North and South Korea.
1: Is that, is a defector like a soldier?
0: Um, sometimes, yeah, but it doesn't have to be. It's just anyone who's leaving a one country because they feel they're getting oppressed and going okay. to a different country that they feel is, like, going to be better for them. Okay. But when the, this guy was a soldier, and he's, he was actually, like, driving, you know, like a jeep or whatever, and it broke down, and then he just had to, like, start running across the border between North and South Korea. And some of his fellow soldiers, North Korean soldiers, saw him, and they started shooting at him. And I think he got shot like five or six times, and um, and the, and then they airlifted him out. And uh, this, I guess, uh, army doctor did uh, I think what's called a thorectomy or something like that. Basically, he because like this guy's lung had collapsed, he he put like a tube like down, you know, to to clear the, the airway, and apparently that's what saved his life. Oh, he survived. He survived, and. They had to do, like, so many surgeries on him, and not only had he gotten shot, but he was riddled with parasites.
1: Ew! Like,
0: so many. That's so gross. I know. I, I, I can't. Imagine being that nurse. I know, right? Ew. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But apparently this is something that they think happens because they use, uh, human feces as fertilizer.
1: Ew. Okay, so, do they do autopsies? on these bodies and figure out cause of death
0: or they do on the ones that they can. So a lot of them like I said are like skeletal by the time they get there. So obviously they can't really do an autopsy you know when they're so decomposed but they they have done autopsies I think on some of them but it's really not conclusive. Like they assume that they died from exposure or from starvation but really no one knows exactly how they died or or why this keeps happening. But, um... Like I said, it's pr- it's probably just that they're, like, being sent out there to, you know, whatever, fish, and they end up... Just because the North Korean regime, like, d- doesn't care that much, right? Um, apparently. And that's what it seems like, anyway. So, one other thing I wanted to mention, though, like, for these... Jap- from the perspective of these Japanese people... So in the 70s and 80s, apparently the North Korean government did send over spies on boats and they abducted at least 17 Japanese citizens. (gasps) Primarily, they said, to train North Korean spies. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Like, train them to speak Japanese or, like, I don't really know. know, But that has happened before. That's weird. So that's something else that, like, the Japanese people are kind of, like, freaked out by, like... You know, because um, there have been ones that showed up with people who were completely alive too. That's rarer, but some of these, you know, ships that drift over aren't ghost ships because they actually have live people. So, so what do those people say? They don't say much. They don't. Are they not allowed to? Probably. Like oh, they yeah. don't. Oh, oh, definitely. Oh my god. And and some of them end up getting sent back to North Korea because they basically like, you know, they didn't mean to defect or anything. They just. Went the wrong way and ended up in Japan instead of back home, I guess.
1: <laughs> oh my God!
0: So it's it's very mysterious.
1: So what do you think happened? What's I mean, your theory?
0: Right, 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 right. I mean, basically, what I said that you know these are people who were pushed into trying to find fish and going out into the sea. Who, I mean, shit if if somebody put me on a boat right now and told me to go find some fish for the dear leader, I wouldn't have any idea what I'm doing. I've never... I've barely been on a boat before. (laughs) So I feel like that's what's happening. It's just, like, the combination of inexperience and the bad weather and the harsh conditions and the little food is just this recurring, you know, issue that they keep sending these people out and they keep dying and they keep ending up... On the coast of Japan, freaking people out.
1: So it's not, like, these, like, rogue um, North Korean soldiers who were, like, caught. And so they just send them on this ship and send them off with no supplies, no food. And that's that their, too. like, punishment.
0: I mean, it definitely could be that, too. Because that's, um,
1: that's that's what I was thinking.
0: That's I don't think that's... Um, yeah, I think that's plausible. But
1: there's so many, though. That's the thing. There are.
0: There are. But... You know, I think we've also recently found out that North Korea basically has like gulags, you know, like concentration camp type prisons for their own people. So I, I don't think anything is beyond this, you know, rogue regime up in the northern peninsula of Korea. So it definitely could be intentional, and of course, you know, the the North Korean regime is not saying anything. I don't know. So yeah weird stuff. Um, my sources. Okay. So I got a lot of stuff from um, Wikipedia, of course, from the, the North Korean ghost ship Wikipedia page. God bless. Right. Um, best thing that ever happened to the internet. Um, also from an article on Snopes.com by Kim LaCapria. Um, from CNN, uh, Junko Agura at CNN. Uh, Julian Ryle at The Telegraph. Jake Adelstein at The Daily Beast. Tim Hume at Vice News and Samuel Osborne of The Independent. Yeah, doing their jobs, finding shit out so we can talk about it. Thank you, people. Oh my god. So that was fun.
1: Yay. Yeah. Um you've so you've way more sources than I do as always. I just like do a lot of reading in one spot mm-hmm. cuz a million tabs at once stresses me out. Okay. Right. So you ready for this?
0: <clears throat> I am ready.
1: Aye, aye, Captain. I can't hear you.
0: Da, 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 da,
1: SpongeBob SquarePants! Okay. All right. It's just kind of funny because the one that I'm talking about is called The Lost Dutchman's Gold Mind. And if you recall, there is a character on SpongeBob called, uh. Oh, he's like called the Dutchman. He's like a ghost. Oh,
0: yes, yes, yes. I've seen that.
1: Oh, man. What's his name? It's like the something Dutchman or the Dutchman The flying Dutchman. The flying Dutchman. That's what it is. Well,
0: because the flying Dutchman is a famous ghost ship.
1: Oh. Maybe that's one we
0: can talk about in the future.
1: Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yay.
0: If you listen to Stuff You Missed in History Class, which is one of my favorite podcasts, uh, they talk a lot about ghost ships. That's like one of their favorite topics is like shipwrecks and ghost ships and anyway, that's a good one.
1: Okay. So, the first thing I noticed when, like, doing all this research is the amount of s- stories and lore behind this, this legend. Okay. Um, so, it is located in, get this, the Superstition Mountains in central Arizona. What is? The Dutchman Gold Mine. Oh, okay. The legend of the
0: Dutchman Sorry, Gold we, we, Mine. we got off on the other thing, so I didn't catch that.
1: <sighs> okay, anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a mysterious treasure that may or may not exist... And so, like, you know, anthropologists, treasure hunters, prospectors, conspiracy theorists, um, hikers, all these type of people all over the USA have tried to find it. Mm. And um, they all, not all, but uh, a striking amount of them end up dead or simply disappear. It's quite bizarre. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, like I said, because it's, like, such a legendary thing, there's a ton and ton of different stories and theories, and some of them seem way more believable than the others, and some of it I, like, only found that in one place, and no other place said anything about that, but, yeah. Um, Okay, so what I did was gather the ones that I liked, my favorite ones, and also the ones that are the most interesting and the ones that seem the most believable, and those are the the ones I'll talk about. Then I'll talk about some of the people who who disappeared or died, because those are crazy. Cute. So no one really knows the exact number of people who lost their lives or simply went missing in the mountains, but some say it's upwards of 600. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I don't know about 600, but there were definitely a lot, a lot of different cases that I read, and 20-plus of them are, like, proven deaths, Um, like they found remains and stuff. Um, lots of beheadings, which will talk about later. Not only were there tons of different cases, there were tons of different origin stories as to how the gold mine came to be and why it's so dangerous and mysterious. So here's some origin stories that I found. The Pima Indians are one of many local Native American tribes who inhabit the area, it's said that the Superstition Mountains get their name from an evil spirit that guards the treasure and he only sleeps four hours a day. So the idea is to get in and get out while the evil spirit is sleeping. I found that at one place and I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. I think that one's the least plausible. Okay. Another one is that the mountain itself is cursed, which I I believe. And Native Americans believe that the entrance to the underworld was was held within the mountains. And then... In the 1860s, there's a lot about this guy, too. A German man named Jacob Waltz, who they called the Dutchman, Mm. came to America in hope to find gold. He's also someone who could have originated, like, this whole story. So, in this case, Waltz did, in fact, find a vein of gold, but he later grew very ill. And he gave the list of clues to his caregiver, a woman named Julia Thomas, she and others went searching for the treasure, but they were unsuccessful. They never found anything. And so they sold the map for $7, which um, in the 1860s, it was under, it's a little under $200 in today's money. So there are many versions of this this story too. Um, sometimes it's told with both Jacob Waltz and another man named Jacob Weiser. And in most versions, um, the two men, or or one, like, however it's told, Um, find the gold, and Weiser is attacked by either Native Americans or jealous Waltz. But he survives long enough to tell a man named Dr. Walker about the mine. And there is evidence of a real historical Jacob Waltz, who was a miner slash prospector in about 1848. And he has a grave in the Pioneer and Military Cemetery west of downtown Phoenix. And... Uh, it's sometimes said that he wasn't very lucky when it came to mining, but others say that he periodically would show up with, like, amounts of gold. So there's kind of, like, a, a fluctuation in between that. Hmm. The the next one is the Dr. Thorne slash Apache gold theory, uh, or story. It is said that the members of the Apache tribe had a gold mine in the mountains, but once a man named Miguel Peralta and his family discovered it and they started to mine it. But they were attacked or massacred by the Apaches in 1850. Um, this, what, this is what was called the Peralta Massacre. And there was a lot, that was a whole story in and of itself, and I didn't really get into it because it was basically from, stemmed from this basic story, was that they were attacked because they were um, mining gold that they didn't know wasn't theirs. True. So years later, a man called Dr. Thorne, heals a wounded apache member um some people say it was the chief and he was rewarded with the treasure the tribe blindfolded him took him to the mountains where he was allowed to take as much gold he, as he could carry and dr thorne was either unwilling or able to re, relocate the mine when they like asked him and uh it's not entirely clear if he like came back rich or if he was like alive it was just it's all very mysterious Right, um, And the next one uh, is two U.S. Army soldiers find gold in the Superstition Mountains. They allegedly presented some of the gold, but they had vanished or were killed soon after. So I just thought that was, was um, interesting because it was connected to soldiers. So, um, like I said, there's lots of deaths. And I have some of those that I'm going to read. There's... Four. Four. I picked four out of the like 30 plus that I could do. Yeah, it was crazy. These are
0: like the most interesting, or you said like the most kind of plausible. Yeah. Because it sounds like everything about this almost is like in flux, you know? Which totally makes sense to me because the Western United States of the mid to late 19th century, not a great place for record keeping. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of uh, good governance going on at that time, (laughs) per se.
1: So, okay. The first one. Jesse Capen. He was a 35-year-old man who was obsessed with finding this treasure. And it was in 2009 that he went missing.
0: In 2009?
1: Yeah. In his apartment, they found, like, books and maps and hundreds of articles about the Superstition Mountains and all, and, like, the trails and, like, where the gold could be and all this stuff. Mm. And... According, like they found this and it apparently he had tried to find it two other times before, but he didn't he didn't tell anyone about it, which is mm. both stupid and greedy. Like Right. You know, if you're right. gonna go find gold, you're not gonna be like BRB, I might right. be rich. Yeah.
0: Um don't follow me. <laughs>
1: it'll turn into a national treasure, right? Mhm. Uh do you think Nicholas Cage... Or that
0: show that my dad likes to watch about like some mysterious tre what is it? Oak Island, the Oak Island Mystery of Oak Island Oh my god One more person has to die Before they can find it
1: Oh It's on like TLC I have seen An episode of that Okay anyway yeah. Um choo-choo. Yeah so he went off Two times before And without telling one about it The Superstition Search and Rescue Team Which exists Which had been Searching for Capon Every weekend For three years Found his remains After, after three years they said it was in a tight spot 30 feet off the ground and his official his official cause of death remains unknown
0: so they don't think that he fell
1: well they don't they think he might have fell into the crevice or that's what i was thinking he um or his um remains were um moved there somehow by just weather and
0: maybe erosion a, a puma or something
1: and st- yeah animals so the next one is um this is the most famous and this is the one that i think Really, well, I mean, yeah, it really got the ball rolling for this, these stories and this like lost Dutchman's mind thing to Mm -hmm. get to get going. So, Doctor Adolf Ruth is his name. The death of Doctor Ruth was back in 1932, and uh, it's what made the mountains famous. His death is the most well known because it's kind of the creepiest. He set out on a two-week journey into the mountains back in June. Of 1931, and when he never came back, a rescue team went out to search for him, but they didn't. They didn't find any remains. But later in the year, um, uh, hikers uh, it found a skull, and then it was positively identified as Ruth's. Um, but here's the thing: his skull had two bullet holes in it, and the anthropologist/slash doctor who looked at it he said a lot of stuff about it but he the main thing he said was that it was either a shotgun or a high powered rifle because at, like the entrance point was a small hole and the exit point was enormous right so the rest of his remains were also found including his own pistol and it was still full of bullets like there weren't any there weren't any missing hmm. um and I didn't understand. Maybe you could explain this to me. There were also metal pins found that were used to mend his broken bones. Is that a thing?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't know that they started that practice all the way back then. But yeah, when there is a really severe break, sometimes it'll be necessary to put like a metal pin in the juncture between two bones to, to shore up that area, you know, basically to become a surrogate bone in a sense. And that's something that still happens up to today. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, they found those. Um, but his map was gone.
0: Ooh. Ooh. And it sounds like he was, like, way late or something. I mean, if he didn't have a chance to shoot back.
1: I know, right. You know, it
0: sounds like he was, like, uh, come upon, you know, in the dead of night or something. That's what I would prefer to. That's the scariest, most interesting thing to me.
1: But wait, there's more. Okay. Even creepier, they also found his checkbook with detailed instructions as to where to find the mine. He ended the note with the Latin phrase veni vidi vici. I say right. co- I I came, I saw, I conquered. Right. Is not that weird?
0: That is that is strange.
1: Okay, so next, we have James A. Cravey. He back in the this was a little later, a little later so back in the 40s, um he's a 62-year-old treasure hunter and he went in search of the gold and there was a lot of there was a lot of hype about the treasure during this specific time because it was like um what is it now? About eight plus years after Adolf Ruth, the doctor, died, um, so he landed in the desert via helicopter, and he began his ten-day trip. And of course, um, when the pilot landed, uh, he when he came back ten days later, Cravey was nowhere to be seen. His camp was left intact, and two days worth of food was missing. Even creepier, they found his decapitated body in the wilderness of the mountains. And it wasn't until six months later that they fa- they found his skull. No one knows why he was beheaded or who killed him.
0: so he was beheaded too.
1: yes yes,
0: interesting
1: from nineteen fifty five to nineteen seventy seven five people were found dead with bullet holes in their heads yeah two two more bodies were found, also without out heads, but their skulls were never recovered. So, like I said, it's it's weird because there's a lot of beheadings. It's not like they just find these, like, skeleton people who could have, oh, they probably died of, you know, exposure, starvation, got lost. But it's, like, clear stuff that they were, like, attacked by something.
0: Shot in the head and then also decapitated. <laughs> but also, like, many years apart. Right. So, I mean, you would think, okay, maybe there's some psychotic person living out in the woods in that area or something right but Mm -hmm. it seems kind of unlikely that they would have been doing this like for 30 years you know continuously it's
1: crazy um the next one i think this is my last one yeah Yeah, yes my last one uh james kidd james kidd vanished december 29th 1949 he wasn't just another man to vanish into the mountains this guy's really interesting a very odd life. He didn't have any friends or family, and few people knew anything, really, anything about him. Um, and his disappearance didn't really wasn't that important um, until 25 years later, when it was discovered that he left behind half a million dollars in fortune. So remember, this is 1949. So right. that's a lot, a lot of money. Right. Um, and what they say is that he made his money by investing in the stock market the stock market but the source to those investments is a total mystery and he he was a prospector and he did a lot of mining on his own so it's sometimes believed that he had like a stash of gold somewhere and that like he took it when he needed it and used that to invest and stuff like that and there's a, also a t- like I could go on about this guy there's also a ton of weird stuff about him like there's lots of different theories and stories but most being that he was murdered for his fortune and it was never it was never found um but what was most noticeable noticeable about his interest was his interest in the supernatural. His will stated that the fortune can go to anyone who proves that visual ghosts exist, and his remains have never been found.
0: I feel like that's going to be your will
1: <sighs> okay
0: <laughs> someday <laughs>
1: no <laughs> um, but I also read more about him I didn't write this down because it was a lot, but the lost dutchman dot com I got his story from, and the author i don't think I don't think his name was ever up there, but he was talking about how he had these like sources of people who knew this guy mm. and um uh like their stories have died with them and right. so some there was one there was one that said like James Kidd was like dying of cancer, and so he, um, he asked his friend to um, like drop him off in the mountains and like let him stay out there and like to come back and check on him every couple weeks. And he was getting worse and worse every couple weeks. So this guy was like, "You need you need to come back," and he like refused. Um, and then one day, they like found him dead. Mm. Um, but he wanted to keep his death a secret and his fortune a secret yeah mm-hmm. so oh. it's been like covered by all this, but I don't know about that. yeah about that um, so yeah, Wikipedia and Ranker has like this whole graveyard shift area of their like website.
0: Ranker is a great It's website. amazing, yeah,
1: and the article was written by Lyra Radford, and like I said, the lost Dutchman goldmine dot com yeah.
0: so it seems like it's cursed for sure
1: something something weird is going on. Do you think there's actually gold?
0: I mean, I think if there if there were gold at one point, it's probably not there anymore. People,
1: it says people have found it, but they've disappeared. Right. Yeah, like something like something happened to, that, to it them. It seems
0: like a lot of very similar deaths to just be a coincidence. I mean, if you're really looking at it from a rational, scientific point of yep. view. You know, it's at some point coincidence becomes not coincidence Mm -hmm. and becomes evidence of something else that's going. Oh, it's so weird. You know, like we don't we don't know what else is going on, but it seems like there's something else going on. Something creepy. It's um. It's which one? One of them like ran. Oh oh
1: um. Who was it that helped out the Apache? Dr. Thorne, who helped out the Apache member. Um, it also said that it was Geronimo. Mm-hmm. That was like the person that he helped out. Right. But yeah. That's all I got.
0: Very nice.
1: You can read about You can read and read and read about this if y'all want to keep going. There is a um, book about James Kidd called... I think it's called The Soul Truth or The Soulful Truth and it's what came out of his um his fortune. Oh, okay, cool. Um yeah. Yeah. Go team. Nice. Break.
0: <laughs> now we'll talk about some weird shit in the news. Yeah,
1: so Mario and I looked at this and we cannot not address. This, I'm sure you'll yeah,
0: I'm sure um, y'all you all ga- seen this. You story. guys have heard of it. <laughs> of for course. sure. So, this is, of course, like, the the biggest story in the news right now, right? Yeah. It's the, the Turpin children. Yes. So, David...
1: We're going to talk about those, the 13 children who were found in a home shackled to furniture, malnourished, abused.
0: Right. So, yeah, David Turpin and Louise Turpin apparently had been keeping their children in, you know, basically captivity for, I don't think we even know how long. They
1: said that they moved into the house in 2014,
0: but the, it clearly this had been going on before. Oh, that. for sure. I mean, and they said, you know, that they thought they were all children, but even, like, the oldest son was, I think it was his son, was 29. hmm and, and, you know, some of the other ones were close to that age. They thought they were, like, 15 or, like, 12. Yeah. Like, they were so, it breaks my heart, they were so emaciated and so... And, uh, I remember there was one story where a neighbor had seen some of the older ones putting Christmas tree lights, uh, up and, you know, just being a neighbor, just came up, you know, and said, hi, you know, how are y'all doing? And they just froze and they would not talk to them. They were just like looking down and like, we're not supposed to talk to people. And, uh, the neighbors eventually just walked away, but, That was one of the very few instances that I read about where, like, anything was actually noticeable, which is the other really weird thing about this. Like, their backdoor neighbor said he never saw anything. He didn't even know they had kids. What? Yeah. And there were 13, a total of 15 people living in this house, the parents and the 13 kids. I saw the interview with the sister of um, the the mother. Right, right.
1: And she was all like, "Oh, I pray for their salvation, this, this, and that." She was crying, and she was talking about how they, for twenty years, they had been trying to get in contact with her, and they couldn't, they never right. could. Yeah, and then they, and then this happens.
0: Right. I also saw some really strange pictures. So apparently, the couple. I
1: was trying to look for pictures.
0: So apparently, David and Louise have re. Um, redone their vows like three times or something including in 2015 mm-hmm. and all the kids were there they went to las vegas oh yeah
1: i saw i saw a picture
0: right all, saw all the kids faces yeah are their faces
1: up. are blurred up they're all wearing pink
0: yeah and and they said that like on facebook like they posted stuff it was all about their religious stuff and they looked like a happy family Yeah, not so much. Kids were being, like, shackled to a bed and starved and whatever else. You know, I don't think we even know the half of it probably at this point. But um, that just seemed so weird to me, like, that dissonance between their public persona and then, like, what was really going on. And they're saying they're talking about sexual abuse, too. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, I I would not doubt that. Um, I think it's one of the cousins or sisters of the dad said that um, he used to, like, watch her in the shower. Ew. When they were younger. Yeah, Ew. so I've, I've heard a little bit about, you know, kind of a history of that sort of stuff with these people.
1: Um, there was an interview, I didn't watch it, um, there was an interview with, The Elvis impersonator who's there at Vegas. Oh, really? Yeah, like, during their vows, Uh and, uh, like, he was, like, talking to the kids and stuff. I didn't watch the video. I should have, because I didn't really understand why there was an Elvis impersonator, and then I, like, read the story later about how the vows and stuff, that's why I didn't click on it at the time. Mm -hmm. But But
0: how it actually came out is pretty interesting, too. Like, the 17-year-old daughter, I guess, found, like, an old phone that was totally deactivated. Yes. And she ran out of the house, and...
1: She yeah. escaped through a window.
0: Oh, through a window. That's right. Um, and and w- a good thing to know, like this is actually like a pretty good piece of information. Even if a phone is is completely without service, mm-hmm. you can call you can 911. Still... Yeah. 911 will always work as yep. long as it's got charge. Um, so she called 911 and they were rescued. And um, I guess they said when they came into the house, the mom was like confused as to why the police were mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Which is also very weird and creepy.
1: Maybe they just, like, are so deep in there psychologically that they think this is normal or something. Also. Who knows? Man, they are ugly. Oh, my God. The dad? The fuck? he's so gross looking. Oh, my God.
0: He's very weird. He's got, like, a, like a bowl He's got, haircut. like, a bowl
1: cu- Ew. He was, oh. Uh, uh, like, uh, he, he was lo- so he gross. He looks like,
0: like that weird child that you'd see in a playground, <laughs> but a but an adult. <laughs> like, it is kind of i mean if it weren't so crazy and tragic it would be funny right like he looks like a snl character or something i don't understand so
1: here's here's what happened um they ended up being tried for 12 counts of torture seven counts of abuse of a dependent adult because um seven of them were adults over the age of 18 right um Six counts of child abuse or neglect, 12 counts of false imprisonment, and they said the dad could possibly be um, accused with—it was something that had to do with sexual abuse, and they didn't know. But they're sure. on, like—they're on, like, a $9 billion bond or something.
0: Yeah, they're never—they're uh, they're never going to get out. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that that's what I, I was reading somewhere, that they're probably going to face life imprisonment charges— and I would imagine they'll plead no contest or guilty because, I mean, there's no way they didn't do this. Like, clearly, <laughs> we, we, we the police went into the house and saw it happening. So, that was definitely the weirdest thing in the news right now.
1: I can't wait for the documentary.
0: Oh, there will definitely be a documentary. In ten years. And there will definitely be a Lifetime movie. And, yeah. I would yeah. imagine.
1: Yeah, that's what I, I just, those kids, I just want to, I just want to see their recovery and I want to see them be okay. Like, that's you know what? what.
0: I bet they're going to be fine. I the, think that The I human spirit too. and like, especially children, you know, are able to just like overcome so what much. What if I two? I know. A little
1: baby. I know. The
0: whole thing breaks my heart. Oh
1: my God. But, you
0: know, I, I really believe like, that they're going to be okay Yeah, and like, their parents are going to fine, you know, they're going to be held to account, and, you know. And it
1: seems like they have a nice family. They have relatives who care for them. That's what it seemed like. That's
0: what it seemed like. But,
1: I mean, you never really know, I guess.
0: No, but I hope so. I mean, you're right. It seemed like the rest of the family was not as crazy as they were, (laughs) for sure. So, yeah, weird, weird shit. Sad. Weird, sad, sad shit. Anywho. Yeah, well, that's, uh... Another uh, MMT in the can. I'm I'm just going to steal sign-off lines from all the other podcasts I listen to. So that's going to be...
1: I don't want to do that. We have to make up our own.
0: Okay, but for now I'm going to say...
1: Good job by you, Chloe! Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe... Ew! <laughs>
0: that's stolen from Cousin Sal on the, the BS podcast, Bill Simmons. Yeah. Great.
1: Um... Stay sexy, don't get murdered. That's not ours. <laughs> I love them. We're gonna go see them sometime. I
0: hope so. Karen and Georgia, my we favorite murder. Gonna go see them. The bestest podcast. The bestestest. Yeah. Bestest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um.
1: Uh, yeah. Subscribe.
0: Please do subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a rating. Uh, we're we're gonna be up on Patreon soon, so be looking out for that. And yeah, bye.
1: Bye.